Philanthropy Impact podcast. Listen on for insights into philanthropy, impact investing and sustainability. Hi everyone and welcome to Philanthropy Impact's Walk in My Shoes series. Today's session is focused on B Corp and the rising interest in companies in becoming part of this ever-growing global community. Chairing today is Darshita Gillies, who's our board member and founder of the B Corp digital impact platform, March. And joining Darshi, we welcome Amy Clark, who's Chief Impact Officer. I always get that wrong. I'm so sorry, Amy. Uh, Tried, Tribe Impact Capital, a B Corp certified wealth management firm that only run portfolios for positive sustainable impact. Also joining Darshi today, we welcome a newcomer to our series, Oliver Hunt. Oliver is a senior associate of Bates Wells, the first UK law firm to certify as a B Corp back in 2015. He advises charities, social enterprises and mission-driven businesses and is especially interested in projects bringing non-profits and for-profits together to address societal and environmental issues. So a perfect fit for the impact community. An incredible panel and I'm very, very much looking forward to this one. For those of you who may not know who I am yet, my name is Zofia Sahanek and I'm the Director of Membership and Development here at Philanthropy Impact and the moderator for this series. This has been established to support you, the trusted professional advisor, in giving your clients best practice advice both in their philanthropy journeys and their purpose-driven wealth strategies. We know that it's important that you're empowered with knowledge for your clients, but also that you understand when to signpost to and where to find trusted partners and experts in the field. Please remember I'm on hand to help you make the most of your membership with us, so do get in touch via the chat today, or my email will be available at the end of this session for those watching the recording. I'm also the person to talk to if you'd like to know more about Philanthropy Impact's certified training programme. As always, we keep this session strictly to 30 minutes, which is why I'm talking so quickly. We do encourage you to use the chat to introduce yourselves, share your LinkedIn, make comments, and also post questions you may have for our speakers. Thank you for joining us today on a lovely warm day. And uh, I'll now hand over to Darshi to make a start. Thank you, Darshi. Thank you, Zafia. Uh, warm or a sunny welcome, a hot welcome to everyone on this series today. Thank you for joining instead of being in the park and, and having a, a fizz. Um, which you, uh, I think, uh, why is this topic important and what we're going to speak about today? I think we are in very diverse hands. Um, uh, I'm Dashita Gillis, and I'm, uh, whilst being on the board, I'm also founder and CEO of a company that's a benefit corporation, uh, and we also advise companies on B Corp journeys. We have Amy Clark uh, wearing a very uh, interesting hat that sits uh, at the nexus of uh, wealth and investment um, management, and we also have Oliver from uh, a legal perspective in terms of what's what's going on, but also from a law firm. Uh, that is a certified B Corp. Um, so today's session, uh, we, we're going to keep keep it uh, 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 keep 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 the brevity, but also still go for depth in in this exercise. Uh, I'll kick off with just answering a very simple question: What is B Corp, or what is a B Corp certification? So, um, in a nutshell, B Corp is a uh, certification organization. Uh, the movement started in the United States in the early 2000s, uh, where the co-founders came up with a criteria that defined companies that in, incorporated good governance, good practice uh, when it came to people, planet, communities. Um, and um, from, from that thought, it has become a global movement now. Uh, B Corp came into the UK in early 2015 and now Europe-wide. Uh, we'll go into the details of what it actually means uh, now. Um, 
we'll, let's hear from Amy in terms of, you know, sort of uh, Amy, what's your sense of, uh, what's been your journey with B Corp? How did you come to know about it? And how do you use the framework methodology through, the, through your lens? Thanks, Tashi. So um, it's, a it's a really interesting question. So um, our journey with B Corporation status actually started way back in 2015. So when I was noodling on uh, what needed to happen in finance to kind of really shift the system towards this sense of aligned interests and real corporate purpose above and beyond the pursuit solely of profit. Um, I knew back then when I started the conversation about setting up Tribe with David Scott, who's, uh, who's now our chairman, David and I were sitting down and chatting about this. And I said that there are a couple of things happening out in the marketplace that just for me make complete sense in terms of where we go next as a business community. One is the adoption and ratification of the Sustainable Development Goals, which was penciled obviously then for early 2016. The second is uh, what we were starting to hear at that stage was the possibility of a climate agreement um, as well, what then became the Paris Climate Agreement. And the third was the um, arrival in the UK through two incredible people, James Perry and, and Charmian Love Shah, um, of this B Corporation movement from the US, which had been going in the US for about, I think, about eight, nine, ten years by that stage. And that was very much tackling that thorny issue of what is the purpose and, and the essence, basically, of being a business in, in you know, the uh, 21st century. And um, we decided very, very early on that um, if we were going to showcase what was possible within the financial system that could really drive the change that we felt was required and that the UN felt was required and thousands, millions of other stakeholders around the world, then what we would do is align ourselves to the Sustainable Development Goals to so intentionally invest to deliver those. Um, ensure that we are coded for Paris alignment. So all of the investment decisions that we make are in alignment with the climate science and much more broadly, the environmental and social science. That's where the SDGs come back in. Um, and thirdly, we'd adopt a very different governance structure and showcase that actually there is a post-Friedman model that can thrive in the system because the system literally just you know, responds to the inputs that, that it receives. So we would really... Um, move to what we felt was much more future fit governance. So the role of corporate governance was really, really important. And that was the B Corporation. So we decided, right, well, as we set this up, we'll anchor ourselves in those three things. We spoke to the very, very, very early stage B Corporation movement, then early in 2016 in the UK to say, we want to do this. Um, they were, as you will imagine, thrilled. Um, so we signed up as a pending B Corp. Um, went through all the, um, obviously, the qualification um, criteria to become a pending B Corp. But for us, actually, very luckily, because we were setting the business up, one of the core tenets of becoming a B Corporation is that you align your core constitutional documentation, whatever that might be. For us, we're an LLP, so it's a member's agreement. There's a very clear, very lengthy clause in our member's agreement that um, effectively holds us accountable to our stakeholders, and to this notion of environmental, sorry, this notion of environment and society taking equal precedence alongside the pursuit of profit, um, if not actually taking more precedence so that your profit becomes sustainable. So there's a very large section within the members agreement from the word go that enabled us to um, then sort of align, do one of the hardest parts of actually becoming a B Corp to do that from the word go. Um, and as I said, it, for us, it was just, it was pure sense. It was just common sense looking at the world and looking at how everything was beginning to constrain 
and just recognizing that future fitness was very much going to be dictated by how you engage with your stakeholders and how you navigated this minefield of social, economic and environmental um, injustices and imbalances around the world. Um, and fast forward to 2022, it's probably been, and without a shadow of a doubt, second to setting up Tribe Darshi, it's probably been the second best thing um, decision I've ever made, which is to say, let's make ourselves a B Corp. Thank you, Amy. Uh, I agree on that sentiment as well. I think also the earlier I found that you start on the certification journey, the easier it is to qualify, but it's easier also to put the structures in place that ensure you don't go sort of way off track and then have to backtrack uh, a few things. Um, uh, we certified as a company, so slightly different to LLP, but we also had to modify our uh, articles of association to include very specifically that uh, when it comes to core business decisions, we will take into account uh, other stakeholders than just uh, shareholders. And I think that's one of the defining aspects of um, why the B Corp uh, certification uh, really instills in business that they cannot get away with just prioritizing stake shareholder value. Mm -hmm. um, thank you. Uh, moving to Oliver, what's your experience? Uh, obviously, from the receiver being, you know, sort of uh, uh, working with an organization that's B Corp certified, how involved were you in the process? And, and what does it look like for you now in terms of the post B Corp certified journey? Sure. Th thanks, Darshan. And thanks, Amy. So um, I come at it from a slightly different perspective from Amy in that when my firm Bates Wells was going through the process of registering, um, I was a, a relatively uh, junior um, employee of the firm. And so I saw it from the perspective of being a staff member and what change that would, um, uh, what changes I would see as, as a staff member and how that would change the way that the firm was, was run and managed. And for us as a firm, um, there's always been, a, I guess, an internal and an external perspective. So from an internal perspective, as a firm, we've been driven by certain values ever since we were founded 50 odd years ago. And that ethos, those values have always um, informed what we do, what work we focus on, who we act for, how we um, act as an employer for our employees. And our specialism has always been helping public benefit organizations, whether they be charities, social enterprises, or mission-led businesses. And when the B Corp movement came over to the UK, we were involved in setting the movement up in the UK from a legal perspective and helped to draft the, um, I think Amy called it a lengthy clause. I mean, I dispute that. I think it's concise and um, brilliantly uh, short, um, that now every UK B Corp has to include in their constitution. And as we were doing that work, it became clear that B Corp uh, certification was a perfect fit for us as a firm. So for, for all those years since we were founded, we've been operating under these values and now we had a system that could formalize that and that we could um, go through as a process and also have an external validation for it. So it was a real um, you know, sort of meeting of opportunities at, at that point in and around 2015. And we see B Corp status, um, I guess, as a, as a compass that allows us to check in regularly on how we're doing. Are we walking the walk in the values that we say um, we, we hold? And how can we improve on that? Um, as, as, as you might know, each time you have to recertify, you have to improve. So it's no good just standing still. And that's been a really helpful um, discipline for us as a firm. 
and it helps us connect uh, both internally with our staff and externally with our clients and, and our partners. So it's, it's been a great thing for the firm, um, a really great step for us. And yeah, I, I'd highly recommend it. Thank you, Oliver. Uh, I'm going to ask Amy a question. In the meanwhile, if anyone in the audience has any question, please feel free to type along in the chat box so we can prioritize questions that are on top of your minds. Um, in the meanwhile, coming back to you, Amy, um, if you could shed some light on, uh, as you know, as obviously as a wealth asset management uh, and wealth advisor, uh, what's your um, take on how the due deal process works and, and also in terms of, you know, sort of what if companies go sort of a little bit um, off the, uh, the point system and, and how, how do you take that into account and, and uh, what's the process on your side? Yeah, so I'll answer with two hats on, one with my tribe hat on and one with my B-Lab board hat on because I sit on the, uh, the board of B-Lab UK. Um, the first question is a great question. Um, the, the, the BIA, so the assessment tool, which we all um, ultimately, when we're uh, applying to become a B corporation, have to go through, the BIA, which as um, Darshi knows is um, extensive um, and really doesn't leave any stone unturned, is a phenomenal tool for us then to be able to use um, when we're looking at investments um, as well. So we'll take the essence sometimes of what the BIA is asking and fuse that into the active ownership programs that we have, both with the direct investments, so when we're directly investing in publicly listed companies or in privately owned companies, um, and also with um, the investments that we may take through third-party fund managers. So we'll really be looking at you know, not whether or not these companies are ready to become the corporations, but whether or not they really understand what aligned interest looks like for their business. It's an incredibly powerful management tool. Um, it's been incredibly powerful, powerful for our business, but it's also very um, powerful from an investment point of view. I think the second thing actually is really interestingly when you are a B corporation as an, um, an asset manager or investment manager is actually the engagement that you then get through from either again, you know, the direct businesses you're investing with um, or the fund managers um, as well. A little bit more so I'd say with the direct um, investments um, because they can see straight away that you're incredibly authentic and credible in terms of what you are trying to do with your business. So any accusations of hypocrisy, um, i.e. you're asking us to do something, Mr. Asset Manager, that you haven't even been doing yourselves, just evaporate. So there's, it's really interesting. It does build a very, very, very powerful narrative between you and the companies that you're um, investing in straight away. And um, there's almost like this bond of trust, this bond of kind of camaraderie, because that we're not asking them to do anything um, or to lean into anything that we haven't already either looked at or done ourselves. So there's that sense of we can help you do this, we can help you learn, we can help you improve. Um, and we're here to actually together make you know the future a far more viable place for everyone and everything. So we found that being this, you know, this um, B corporation through the lens of investment as well has been unbelievably powerful in terms of the types of relationships that we're then able to um, develop both with our investees and then with our clients. You know, again, isn't there always the, uh, the, the amusement of um, investment managers, wealth managers, you know, any company going out there saying you should trust us and the advertising campaign, you really should trust us. 
we've always shied away from that. We're like, we can't tell you to trust us. We can only show you why you should trust us and we can demonstrate why you should trust us. But what's been, again, really interesting with that big corporation status is it's almost coming with that bond of trust. We understand what you're trying to do. And whilst we may not be you know, ready or willing to turn, turn uh, to get there kind of straight away, we respect the fact that you, Tribe, have. So it's been really, really interesting in terms of relationship building and, and being able to create really collaborative, I think, and very honest relationships that aren't transactions. These are real relationships. The flip side, which is when I put my B Corp, um, uh, B Lab UK hat on, is when there's a problem. Um, you know, businesses are businesses. They're run by humans. Humans, you know, are, are, are fallible. Mistakes happen. You know, issues sometimes, you know, come, come to light. Part of the due diligence process that is in place when you're certifying and when Oliver rightly said, you know, when you're recertifying, which, um, you know, is we've just recently recertified three months, two months ago. And it is a massive, massive, massive program um, of auditing and engagement. Um, there needs to be during that that both the sort of the initial onboarding as well as the ongoing monitoring and due diligence. There needs to be a complaints process. There needs to be a mechanism whereby people can articulate if they are concerned about an existing B Corp or if they feel somebody is going through B Corporation status and they have an issue with that. There is a public complaints process that has been established that's global, um, which enables anybody at any one time to submit a complaint um, about a either an existing B Corp or if there is one coming through that they know it's publicly known about and they can submit um, a complaint there. That applies to the B Corp community as well. The B Corp community itself can raise a complaint um, about another B Corp's behavior, impact, whatever the issue may be, um, as well as the B Lab membership as well. So the board and then obviously the team. Uh, it has to be evidence. So, you know, I've been asked this quite a few times. What is it if so-and-so just doesn't like so-and-so and they just want to submit a complaint to be mischievous? That can't happen. Um, because you need to evidence what it is that you're actually complaining about and say, look, we have real issues with X because of Y, and here's the evidence, um, and do that. So there is this public complaints process that, that um, is in existence, um, and that is to enable not just the community to hold itself to very high levels of accountability and transparency, it's to enable the world to hold the community to very high levels of public accountability and transparency as well. Thank you, Amy. Um, Oliver, from your perspective, um, as obviously as a firm and as a uh, the first law firm to be certified as a B Corp, do you notice um, or what would what would you say are like the key benefits uh, that you have seen because of the certification? Yeah, so um, I should start by saying sorry if people were interrupted by my cat just then. You might have seen a tail in the background. Two and a half years in, and I still can't manage him on a Zoom call. Um, so I think I, I mentioned in my earlier answer the internal perspective, how it sort of empowers um, staff members to to see how think how management decisions are being made, to see how they can input on improvements that could be made. Um, I always used to sort of tongue in cheek mention to the um, uh, managing person in charge of our process. Oh, if I suggest this benefit to staff, will that get you more points on the impact assessment and therefore make your recertification easier? I mean, it was joking slightly, but there, there, there's real substance to it in the way that you can look at things from the staff's perspective and that will be rewarded in the impact assessment. What I didn't mention earlier was the external perspective. And I, I mean, I, I think our firm 
would have wanted to become a B Corp anyway, but um, just from a, a way of connecting with our clients and our customers, being a B Corp um, is really important. Not only can we say, or oh, you should do X, Y, and Z because it's going to help your social purpose. We can say, well, we've done this internally and this is how we experienced it. And um, not only is that helpful from a trust and relationship perspective, it's helpful from a purely practical perspective. Um, we help many, many businesses become B Corps themselves from a legal perspective, but we can also give them practical advice around, well, we just went through our recertification um, or we came up against this particular obstacle that took a bit of time to, to work out this is how we did it and this is how you could do it. So both from an internal and an external perspective, it, it's, it's had um, lots of lots of great benefits. Thank you. And uh, any challenges that have come across your way uh, in the advice or in the certification process service that you offer to your clients? Yeah, so, um, I mean, internally, as Amy mentioned, there's no doubt that you need to put the resource into it. Um, and it's um, something that you, you have to stick at. Um, I've, I've mentioned to a lot of clients that they can use the BIA um, not just as a, a way of sort of starting the certification process, but just to take the temperature on where they are. They might not feel that they're ready to then put the resource in and um, dedicate the time to certification, but it's still a really useful tool to, to work out where you are. Um, I think obstacles when we're advising clients, there tends to be a little bit of um, concern particularly at the larger businesses or those which have a large number of stakeholders, that it's going to change the dynamics at board level, that some stakeholders might not be fully behind it because they just don't know enough about it. And that's more an education process, um, helping people feel comfortable that this is a positive thing. It's going to reflect really where you, where you think you are or where you want to be in the near future anyway. So going through the process and making the legal changes although it might appear a very formal process, um, it's really just trying to get to where you, want, uh, where you want to be anyway. So the obstacles I think are more a, a case of a time, um, you know, maybe slowing down the time rather than being a, oh no, this just certainly isn't for us. We, we've never come across that before. Super, thank you. Um... Um, Amy, from your perspective, uh, what's what's your take on uh, how easy or hard is it for financial firms to certify as B Corp, sort of putting your tribe hat on, and and how different is it from, let's say, a standard, you know, sort of business that sells products or goods? Um, Oh, that's a really good question, Darshi. I mean, um, as we all know on the call, you know, when you go through the the, the BIA, when you go through the certification, all of the questions are weighted um, in terms of the importance that they get during that BIA, according to your size and according to obviously the industry that you're in and the activities that you undertake. Um, unsurprisingly, you know, a significant amount of the weighting within that certification for finance and investment sits within what we actually do. So our core product, which is investment. And as we all know, um, the investment products that we all have at play in the marketplace are far from where they need to be at the moment in terms of driving the change that's really required. Um, so for a lot of financial service organizations, that's going to be the toughest part um, is really getting to grips with your core marketplace, you know, your core service, your core product, and really understanding what value that is adding to society, not just in terms of, you know, the taxes that you might pay, um, or the financial performance that you might get off that, but you know, much more existentially about what it's driving in terms of 
social cohesion or fracturing, what it's driving in terms of ecosystem regeneration or ecosystem degradation. Um, you know, you really got to get a handle on um, get a handle on that. So, but having said that, I wouldn't necessarily have said it's any more difficult for a financial institution to certify than, say, for example, a fast-moving consumer goods company because of that weighting and because of the way that the BIA is then structured to you know to cater for that. Um, whatever your business, it's hard. <laughs> Um, it's not designed to be easy. And I think it's really important to say now as well that it's not designed to be for everybody. You know, the, the B Corporation movement um, is not trying to turn every single business on this planet into a B Corporation. That is not what this is about. What we're trying to do is to model best practice, what best practice looks like now. In 10 years time, it might look slightly different. You know, it's a constant evolution of the standards and the way that we're all conducting ourselves. But, you know, the B Corporation movement is designed to be that sort of gold class, that gold standard as it relates to future fit, stakeholder aligned governance. What we're hoping will happen as a result of that is the spirit of being a B gets infused in businesses. Um, and that's why, you know, we always encourage companies to look at that BIA and say, look, if you want to know how far off potential uh, qualification you are of being a B corporation, that's one way you can use the BIA is to give yourself kind of like an early score. The second way is actually to use it as a management tool and to really understand what you're currently doing within your business and how much value that's either adding or detracting um, from society, you know, at large. Um, and that's an incredibly, incredibly powerful audit tool for your business. Um, so I, I don't think it's, um, I, I don't feel necessarily that we get um, penalized um, anymore. The question, Darshi, is should we get penalized more than we do? That's a big question. And as you know, there was a huge consultation on the standards last year. There is a moratorium at play at the moment on the very, very large finance institutions whilst we get our heads around what these big diversified you know, investment houses need to be able to satisfy to become a B corporation, because as I'm sure everybody on this call is thinking, hang on, could you be a B corporation and ultimately be investing in oil and gas and tobacco and weapons, etc.? The right question, big questions, how does that factor in? So that's why there is this moratorium at the moment. And um, whilst we 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 figure that through, but I don't think I mean for, for us, obviously we're a dedicated impact investor, and I'm not saying it was easy because Believe you me, it was not easy. Um, but we we are not transitioning legacy assets away from businesses that are fundamentally um, removing more value on a net basis than they are adding. That is not what we are doing. So it's been easier for us to you know to be able to to, to be able to qualify in. Any business that isn't necessarily completely aligned with stakeholders and completely aligned with the changes that need to happen will find it a little bit more challenging, but that will be reflected in the ultimate scores that they get. Yep, thank you. A quick one, uh, Oliver, before I pass back on to John. Um, what's your sense of um, uptake in the financial services uh, for B Corp, B Corporation? Uh. So the the I would say the majority of the businesses who approach us are um, they're trading businesses um, who have a, um, a a very direct connection to their customers and their customer base has uh, probably already has an interest in sustainability issues or ethical issues. Um, you know, Amy will be much better placed to to think about the, the financial services issues, but. Um, 
from my experience, it's it's been the more sort of direct to market, direct to consumer businesses uh, yeah. who who we've come across. Um, yeah. But that's not to say that it's not possible. You know, we're um, we're an example of a slightly different you know, B two B model that, that's done it too. Great, Super. thank you. Thanks, John. Over Thanks. to you. Okay, thank you very much. That was really great. Sorry, uh, Oliver, my dog, uh, uh, your cat went across your back. My dog just went crazy at the front door. So I may have missed a couple of things on what you said. Sorry about that, but I'll look at the tape. Amy, just one quick question before I ask final words of wisdom. Can a charity be a, a B Corp? Well, a charity, a charity can uh, technically do the BIA, um, but a charity wouldn't necessarily become a B Corporation. No. Well, their company is limited by guarantee. Yeah, it's the charity status though on top of that. I think there's a the, there's some kind of, uh, um, I need to take that away to be honest with you. I actually asked the other day, because quick, quick um, just reflection, there is a difference between a benefit corporation and a B corporation. A lot of people conflate the two. Benefit corporation, like CIC in the UK, is a very specific legal form. Mm. Benefit uh, B corporation is not a specific legal form. Um, but it's basically taken the essence of being purpose driven um, and stakeholder aligned, obviously, in, and then you do adapt your core constitutional documentation. But there is a there is a difference between the two um, okay. in terms of charities becoming B Corps. Um, yes, technically, they are companies limited by guarantee. Um, but I think because they're then regulated by the Charity Commission, that's where the the uh, opportunity, I think, then gets removed. I think it would be. You, um, sorry, okay. just to confirm, you, you you can't be a B Corp if you're a charity. Oh, discrimination, naughty, naughty, naughty. Um, oh, <laughs> it's okay. Um, all right, thank you. Could I have final words of wisdom from the three of you, please? We're going to go over time, but I'm allowed to do that. Um, Sophia's on mute, so I'm free. Um, okay. Um, uh, Oliver, what's your final words of wisdom? Thirty seconds. I think if you're a business um, with um, values and you see opportunities in um, your customer base who want to align with your values, um, have a look at the BIA, see where you're at. If you think it's an opportunity, then go further, plan for the resource that you're gonna need to go through the BIA process. And once you've got through that a bit further, by all means, come and have a, a chat to us as a law firm to explain to you a little bit more about what the status means what it means for changing your uh, constitution. Um, if you're a staff member, it's great news. It means your uh, your managers are really gonna look after you. So yeah, right. I would definitely recommend it. Uh, thank you, Oliver. Amy? Uh, oh, cracky. Um, you know what, you don't need to be an Olympic track and field um, athlete to enjoy running. Uh, I'm a case, you know, as I said earlier, the B Corporation movement is designed to be that kind of, you know, podium place in, in terms of, you know, the, the, the best in class. The spirit of what we're trying to do is available for everybody. And given that the European Union, the OECD are all now looking at uh, corporate governance principles in terms of stakeholder alignment, if you want to get ahead of the curve, then lean in now. But again, you know, we welcome all B Corps, but you don't have to become a B Corp to become future fit. It's interesting, too, because with the shift and changes in suitability and sustainability, that uh, reinforces the whole picture about what you're trying to accomplish. Darcy, final words to you. And thank you very much uh, for sharing this. Thank you, everyone. I enjoyed it. Uh, I think uh, for any organization, company, uh, LLP that's looking 
to embark on the sustainability journey, I would say the B Impact Assessment Tool, BIA, uh, the one we've been referring, is a good start point to make that you know, assessment, whether it's fit for you. Great. Well, it sounds like there's really good reasons for doing this, and it fits with all the changes that are taking place in society around sustainability and, and dealing with societal issues and environmental issues. So well done to the three of you, and thank you very much for the use of Yeah, thanks, everybody. That was that was really interesting. I learned some things. Um, we This is our last uh, Walk in My Shoes live session until September now, so... Have a wonderful summer, everybody. And please do look out for the recordings as they'll be coming to your inboxes every week. Right. Speak soon. Thanks, everybody. Bye-bye. Thank Thanks. you. Bye. Bye. Thanks. Bye. Sarah.